0: All right, folks, we are finally back uh, after, gosh, a little over a week, um, and the whole reason why is uh, Eve had to had to travel with his wife, and so we are not technologically savvy enough that we can pull this off from multiple different geographic areas. I know a lot of you guys are asking about iTunes. We got on iTunes, but then it was under the wrong network, and so we're trying to make sure that it's our own network so that when you subscribe to the World's Collide podcast, it's just – me and Eve talking our game and the guests that we bring on. So look for that, hopefully by the end of this week or this weekend. Um, but we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Obviously, you know, Eve, I know you personally wanted to make sure we started this show off talking about Demetrius Johnson, the flyweight champion, his amazing performance against Kyoji Horaguchi, uh, excuse me. Um, and really what had Joe Rogan calling him the best fighter on planet Earth.
1: You know that that's a bold statement but it's also hard to argue against man. Um I'm 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 first of all I got to tell you I'm excited to be back. Yeah, it was it was fun being on on a on a trip with my wife, but Brian, you were you're my co-host in life. <laughs> oh, so. <laughs> I got <nah>. upgraded, man. <laughs> nah. But um she's she's my, she's my co-pilot and you're my co-host. But we go. Okay. No, but but DJ man, DJ looked amazing. The first round he had a challenge and he just bro he just stayed consistent he just stayed demetrius mighty mouse johnson and by the second round you started to see it you know you started to see him shine and you started to see him take over started to, to pull out ahead and he just never let off the gas
0: it's it's incredible when you see them go to the corner and, and the pace that he fights, and he's literally just sitting there not breathing heavy. For a guy who fought at light heavyweight and middleweight, I can't even fathom that. I mean, there's never a time where you don't sit down on the stool after round one thinking, oh, boy, how many more of these do we have to go? I mean, you're tired. Everybody's tired. And that guy, man, his engine is incredible.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's sitting down. And he, he looks like he's like he's still a little jittery sitting in the corner. He's not, but he's he's calm. And, and Matt Hume is talking to him, and he's like, yeah, okay. Okay, that's what I'll do. Yes, sir. No problem. You know, and you can hear it in his voice. His his voice is exactly the same. It's it's. There's no tension. There's no stress. There's no exhaustion in his voice. He's just he's a machine, man. And I mean, I understand he's fighting at 125, but come on, man. There's there's very few guys that can do that. You know, there's very few guys that can fight at that pace, be that good, and then. You know, you're dominating. He, he had to know. I'm sure Hume was telling him, he letting him know how those rounds are going if he couldn't feel it himself. And he knew he was up. At I figured he was up 4-1 to one at the very least. The first round was close, but I still gave it to him. Um, but being up 4-1 to one or 5-0, to zero, and he's still looking for the submission, so much so that he hit it with one second left. That's a record that's never going to be broken.
0: No, no, it's fantastic. And, you know, the thing that impresses me the most about him and, and... – I agree with you. The whole well he fights at 125. That needs to be thrown out the window because it's it, it, yes, there's a weight difference, yeah. but there's also a pace difference. Yes. You know, he fights at a way higher pace than a guy at weight or middleweight or even welterweight would. I mean, he, he he's fighting so fast. Um and just the variety, the magnitude of techniques he showcases each fight, but he is so comfortable going to plan B. He's very comfortable if he's in a fight and things aren't going his way. He never panics. I saw it Cage Side, when he fought John Dotson, John Dotson put it on him in a couple instances. John Dotson hit him hard and hurt him early. Yeah. And I remember hearing his wife screaming at him from, from Cage Side, yelling, DJ, focus. Focus, DJ. It was funny to me. Like, I was almost taken aback. I was sitting next to Chael, and we looked at each other like, what is going on here? As she spoke to him like that. But you know what? He did exactly that. He focused and he got the job done. No panic. Very smooth. He believes in himself. He knows he's got an extra gear when he needs it. He knows when he's got to abandon one thing he's doing and take the fight to another facet. And, and that, those are the things that when you talk about a pound for pound fighter, you're looking at technique. You're looking at how many ways can they win? How many different arts and techniques are they proficient in? And that's why a guy like Joe Rogan, who's been around for so long, will call him the best fighter on planet Earth. Because when you watch him, there's no area of the game where you can find weakness.
1: Not 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 a single department in the game is he is he showing any signs of weakness. And and every time he goes it's it's like you can't even really tell how much better he's getting unless you look at his opponent. Because as his opponents get better, he still looks the same, but he has to be constantly improving to look that good against the best guys in the world.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, you know, a lot of people talk about, uh, you know, the, the pay per view numbers when he headlines and the draw. And uh, since the inception of combat sports, the lighter weight classes are tough. And, and you know what? I think there, there's two things that are going to be needed for Demetrius because the fact of the matter is, and I can appreciate this, Demetrius Johnson is a very good guy. Very, I've spent time with him. He's good. He's, he's a great character guy in every sense of the word. You would never meet him and think he was a professional fighter or that he could punch anybody. Um, so in that case, he's going to need someone to be his heel. He's going to need A Conor McGregor type to come into that 125-pound weight class or a Chael Sonnen or somebody like that who brings out the best in him and generates interest in his division. Or option B, in my opinion, and I like this option a lot, I think he could do big numbers and get a big payday if he went up to 135 to fight TJ Dillashaw. I, I personally think that that would be very intriguing. I think it would be a great fight. And win, lose, or draw, he's still the flyweight champion. I think they'd pull a decent number for that.
1: That's that's a really interesting fight. I um, the, my only concern, my only concern with that fight would be the size advantage. I mean, DJ is a little guy. He probably walks around about a buck forty, a buck thirty-five, a buck forty. And um, Dillashaw, he's got to be in the fifties at the very least. You know, yeah. he's he's so much bigger. Um, it, it's kind of like when 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 Dominic fought him. Um, he was just—he was just bigger than him, and I—and and, I mean Dominic is, is Dominic is sound as hell. You know, he's—he's he's a really good fighter also, but um, when 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 both guys when everything's equal the size starts to matter you know so yeah. I, I i worry but like you said he doesn't lose any stock because he's that good and he's and he, he's he's still a 125 pound champion and he can push a guy like dillashaw he could possibly beat a guy like dillashaw you can't never you can't count dj out of anything you know it no. doesn't matter it doesn't matter if it's at 145 you can't count him out he eats more yeah it's likely that he will lose to a guy like jose aldo but you can't count him out, and it's definitely going to be a challenge. It's not going to be a cakewalk for even even Jose Aldo, and Jose is is two weight classes up.
0: Yeah, well, and, and I would I would challenge to say that DJ is much better than he was when he fought Dominic Cruz. Now, so is Dominic since yeah. then as well. Um, and you know it too. Speed is a massive advantage. A lot of times in the gym, when we train and we spar you know, welterweights will go with middleweights or even light heavyweights, which can be a mistake. But what you'll see a lot of times when you see those sparring matches happen, the smaller guys are winning. Because of the big gloves, yep. they're hitting the other guy much more often, and they're not getting knocked out by the other guy because, again, you got 16- or 18-ounce gloves on. So, um, you know, if, if TJ wouldn't be able to, to hurt him early, and DJ can get some momentum going, it could be an interesting fight. Now, I don't think he's going to have as good a takedown advantage as he's accustomed to having at 125 pounds against the rest of the caliber of TJ. But my big thing is the only thing he has to lose is he would probably take more damage than he would in a traditional flyweight title fight. And I'm always a big proponent of fighters to measure the longevity of their career and make as much money as they can for as long as they can. But my thing is I think it would be worth it for him because of the payday, that even if he lost, I think he'd pull a decent pay per view number, much better than he's accustomed to pulling, and he could get himself his biggest payday.
1: Yeah, that's, that's, and, and that fight is definitely super fight material, you know? I mean, we're talking about a guy that moved down to 125, and even before the weight class was even established, I mean, when the weight class was literally him, Ian McCall, John Dodson and Joseph Benavidez, I mean, he beat all three of those guys, and those guys are some of the baddest mofos at 125 in the world.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah they're, they're, I mean, they're very, and, and you know what, people didn't expect him to win that either. A no. lot of people expected Ian McCall to win that. Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. It was. He, I think he was a favorite going into it. Yeah, it was
1: basically a – I mean, you know, when was the last time we saw a tournament in the UFC and and, and DJ won it against – you know, and all these – all those guys – DJ was small at 135, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, all those guys – those guys – none of those guys really look small at 135. Um, but – and I think all those guys are a little bigger than him except maybe John. But he, you know, he just came out and did his thing, and, and he's that guy is a superstar, man. And that that was the reason why I wanted to talk about him first because I don't want anybody stealing that kid's shine.
0: I agree with it, man. I I really do. Now, you know, who who's next? I mean, they're talking about obviously John Dodson, and he's gonna take on how am I forgetting this gentleman's name? Zach Makovsky, uh, the the. Uh, the Drexel Pennsylvania College graduate who is a stud himself. Yeah. That's gonna be an interesting fight because Zach Makovsky's a goer. He's a volume guy. He can go for five rounds. I think it may be a three round fight when he fights Dotson. And Dotson's built more for a three round fight. Yeah.
1: And Dodson, Dotson, Dots I mean, at one twenty five, Dotson packs a punch, you know? Um. Oh,
0: he absolutely,
1: does. Yeah, he's he's. I mean, he's he's the big puncher in the weight class. So that's definitely the winner of that fight is definitely a good challenge for DJ. I mean, we saw the fight with Dodson. Dodson hurt him early, but the thing about DJ is that pace he puts on you. I don't think John could could keep up with that for for twenty five minutes. Once you get past that sixteen minute mark, that starts to get really hard. I think, but uh yeah, um, yeah one twenty five, man. I really, honestly, I really want to see Henry Cejudo get comfortable that's- at one twenty five and and. and prove himself because that that i think when that comes around and you know what henry Zahudo, if he starts running his mouth right now he he's that guy you know he's, oh, yeah. he's he's got a little bit of a reputation for not making weight you know um he he can be that guy he can do that and 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 yeah. and you know make a lot of money for both of them
0: i agree and that, that was the exact name i wanted to throw in the mix that's got me excited because as you watch this guy he can strike. Henry Cejudo can strike. And you're talking about an Olympic gold medalist um, who, speaking to a guy who who was, you know, on the staff when he won that, it was very close from a guy named John Bartus. you know, he told me Henry won that by really having the most amazing tournament of his life. You know, Henry's a guy who, under the brightest li- lights, can sometimes shine the brightest. And so that would be an interesting one to see if, uh, I mean, I, I believe – Cejudo's going to continue to win out in that division, and I believe he's going to challenge for the title. I think now that he's made some money and realizes, wait a minute, this isn't wrestling. You can actually make some really good money in this sport now, um, or or better money than he was making in wrestling. I think he's obviously a lot more motivated to make weight consistently because that, that will kill your career in the UFC, as we've seen many, many times. Guys come in and miss weight consistently. Oh, there's nothing more frustrating to promoters and matchmakers.
1: No, nothing at all. I mean it's 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 an agreement and as a fighter and and i think you would agree as a fighter that's that's a commitment you make you know um i've always i've always said it to people especially when i was coming up i would have guys in my gym that would ask me uh eve hey i got somebody offered me a fight on this date and um you think i could make weight by then and it's like you're not a fighter (laughs) you know what i mean you get an offer you decide if you're gonna do it and at that once you make the decision if you're going to do it, it is because you you're going to make the weight that is not that is not a factor that's going to deter you you know um and i feel like henry Cejudo, by making the weight and 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 now seeing what it's what it's what it's the value of it of it is and 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 how good he can be and what he can do in the ufc you know the challenges that that are before him i think um the weight shouldn't be an issue anymore. I, I I'm, I'm going to go on out on a limb. And I'm going to say, you know, I, I, have the confidence that he's going to continue to make the weight and 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 prove himself. And, you know, I want to see him get up there and challenge DJ man.
0: Yeah, I think he's past that too. I agree with the weight cut. I never understood that with some guys, um, how they can make, you know, they make it so difficult on themselves. And it's really just discipline. Yeah. When you know you got to show up for work and you got to get paid you don't eat like a pig. I mean, it's <laughs> really not that complicated. It gets very frustrating sometimes, as you well know, being around fighters, um, you know, we can be an extraordinarily irresponsible, uh, community. And yeah. it is just, it's, it's hair pulling out of your head. Frustrating when you see guys do that. And, you know, that actually causes it, it calls for a great transition. Um, you know, what, what, really stole the thunder from how great D- Demetrius Johnson looked this weekend was obviously the accident uh John Jones got in, in in the subsequent arrest um on Sunday man just a uh another another black eye on the the I guess the legacy now or career of John Jones
1: yeah that's um that's one of those things man like like you said I was on the road this past weekend and and wasn't able to sit in front of a TV as much as I wanted to. I actually did. Um, I did. I did go up to to the studio and I watch um, I watched the fights with with the guys in the avocado room with Dominic and 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 Rashad and and Karen and, and Lappy and all those guys. So that was good. And none of the uh, and I was so excited about DJ stuff. And then the next day, my wife is on her phone and we're driving, and she she finds she sees John Jones in a hit and run. And this and. My mind is just blown. I mean, John is still a kid, and and as far as as manhood, you know, he's he's still in his twenties. I think he's not even thirty yet. And 27. Um, He's seven. Twenty seven. He's been and he's been the champ for a while now. And and he, it, I just think about the guy that the the, the one loss on his record, the the fight with Matt Hamill, and the way he handled that. He handled that the way that I, I now I was. As a guy who had been around for a while at that point, I was I was impressed, proud, and and, and I, I, I had I felt pride in the way he handled that loss. But it just it's like, what are you doing, man? You you are going to leave you you are there's 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 no way that you are not going down in the history of the sport now for being yeah. the youngest champion at the time, for for being so dominant in all your title defenses, but there's going to be an asterisk next to your name. You have time to turn this around. You know, you you're only 27. You're still the best in the world, you know, but but because of it, now the the history books are going to remember these things. The history books are going to remember the DWI's. They're going to remember the the cocaine metabolites. They're going to remember the hit and runs. You know, and then that's not a legacy you want to leave behind, man. Um you <laughs> It's it's frustrating because the kid is so talented. I know you've trained with him. I've only hung out with him on on a couple occasions, and I like John, you know, but but and that's why it hurts so much because you know what the guy's capable of. You know, and 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 at the same time, I feel like there there's he has there has to be something about the people that are around him, man, because because a kid like that that's that talented, he and, and the brothers that he has, the family he's from, is is just. It's so hard to watch, man. And I just want him to get his stuff together.
0: Yeah, and you bring up a great point. He's got a great family. You know, I, I have I have met his parents. I've eaten dinner with his parents. I've met both of his brothers. Um, you know, and, and Arthur, his oldest brother, is obviously that that's the guy who I think John needs the most right now because yeah. Arthur is the guy that John listens to. Arthur's a guy that John still believes can beat him up. And... uh you know, it, it, his brothers don't get in trouble. Now, yeah. here's some differences. You know, as I thought about this, you know, I was thinking and thinking and thinking. Obviously, I was at Jackson's the first day John Jones walked into the gym. And I fought in the same card as him when he fought Vladimir Matyushenko. Um, I fought with him again. I think I, I fought in the same card when he fought Matt Hamill. I, I believe I did on that one as well. And it's funny because when I think back to – how he was then in his reputation in the sport then you're right it was massively different yeah he got a lot of praises for how he handled that how he conducted himself and even though sometimes it was a little over the top and people wondered if he was really that good back then he was a, he was he was he was a good guy you know he was a young kid so of course he had the tendencies like all young 22 23 year old kids have um, when, when confronted with temptation, but it wasn't anything out of the ordinary, you did notice a little bit of impulsiveness with him, you know, that yeah. if he wanted something, he was going to just go after it. He didn't think of consequences. But in the NFL, you are on a team in college where you're a stud. Everybody knows you're a stud, and you have this team, and you've got accountability. If you mess up yeah. in your job, or if you mess up in school and get in trouble, you affect everybody. So there's people holding each other up and keeping each other accountable. When they go out together, they all have the same amount to lose. Now, in mixed martial arts, when John walks into Jackson's, he's a millionaire. There's nobody else in that gym who has nearly as much to lose as him. Yeah. Most of the people that, 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 that come up to John Jones on a daily basis, not necessarily in the gym but in life, want something from him. Yes. He, he was targeted by leeches and scum from the beginning. I remember the first day walking the gym. Greg was watching him spar with somebody, and he was like a little kid outside the octagon, running back and forth, telling me, then telling his wife, saying, "That's my next champion. That's my next champion right there." He even stopped it because at that time I was still light heavyweight. So he goes like this to me: "He goes, well, after you, be stan And I go, I go like this. I chuckled. I was like, "Look, Coach, I, uh, I'm a realist here. All right, you can you can relax. You don't have to sit there and, and appease me. Um, you know because." John didn't know anything at the time. He knew nothing then, except for a little bit of wrestling, and he was throwing everybody around. Yeah, he, It didn't matter. You knew there was something about this kid who was so naive. I mean, we went on a mountain run the next day, and he's up there with this big smile. He's dog-tired, obviously, but this big smile, like he's out of New York, and this is so cool to be finally training at this camp with all these different fighters. You know, he, 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 was, he was just a kid. And I saw a nice and a kind side of him. Um, but as time went on, you could see the other side of him. And you could see negative people always want to come into his life. And you definitely could see that a problem was going to happen someday. And it, it is it's, – it's sad now because it's happened already. Like he has messed up before. He yep. crashed his Bentley with, with people in the back seat of his car. He's lucky nobody died and that he didn't kill anybody when he was drinking and driving then. Right? Yep. Then you had then you had the 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 test, the positive test case for cocaine metabolites. Got it. Big black guy, but it only concerned himself here, right? He was only hurting himself there. Okay.
1: Yeah, the now one day of rehab. Like, what's that all about?
0: Yeah, one day of rehab, and all that does is it shows you in, in order to get somebody to truly change a behavior problem, they actually have to believe. What they've done is wrong. They'll tell you that. Any drug or any addiction course, they tell you. The person has to believe what they're doing is wrong. John obviously didn't believe that. And here we go. We have a Sunday. He's got a marijuana pipe in the car. He's driving, hit and run, leaves the scene, comes back for cash and runs away again. And now what you have is this young man is no longer just a danger to himself. He's a danger to other people. And he gets so lucky. This is the second time. Nobody died the worst was a broken arm. This could have been way worse. Yeah. Yeah, it could have been
1: and and in a a Charge like that or or a case like that. I mean that's if somebody dies that's prison. You know what I mean? Especially leaving the scene Um, I mean this is this is this is a hundred and eighty degrees from the guy that was fighting for a world title, but He ran down a mugger the day that, but nobody's gonna remember that. No, no, nobody oh. thinks of that. I, you, you, you've trained with the guy. You know the guy. That I probably just brought that back into your head. You know what yeah. I mean? It's, it's. Yeah. Nobody's gonna remember those things. They're gonna. People are only gonna remember as fighters. People are only gonna remember us for what we do in the cage, unless we completely screw up outside of it. And that's what you're doing right now, man. You're, you're tarnishing your own legacy when you do this. You know. I mean, even, even if you, if, even if you're going to do these types of things. Right, um, or as far as as far as the recreational drugs or, or whatever, you know, you have the capacity and the means to do that in the privacy of your own home, and and not be exposed to anyone, exposed to putting anyone else in danger. Um, you shouldn't do it in the first place. When when when, when I'm, and I'm talking about the cocaine, and, and and I I completely understand that that's it's 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 hard to swallow, man, because I. I'm a John Jones fan. To this day, I'm a John Jones fan. I'm, I was I was so looking forward to his fight with Anthony Johnson. I spent a lot of time with Anthony um, a few years ago when we when we did that Warrior movie. We spent pretty much the whole summer together. Him, Nate, Mark, and I. We trained together a bunch, and I'm, I've been rooting for him ever since. So this is a fight I'm going into. I want to see a guy that I have some kind of a bond with, and he's fighting another guy that I admire, and I think both of these guys are the best guys in the world at their weight. And I mean, they've both destroyed everybody that's been in their path. It's, it's, I mean, what they've done is they've taken away Conor McGregor, Jose Aldo, part two. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is Conor McGregor, Jose Aldo at 205. This is the same type of thing. These two guys have destroyed everybody in their path until they run into each other. And now we don't get to see that because of selfishness. And he doesn't get to solidify his legacy and challenge himself because of of just impulse control issues.
0: That's a massive compliment, by the way, to Jose Aldo, Conor McGregor, that you said this... You, you called them the fight, and you said this is the Conor McGregor-Jose Aldo at light heavyweight. That's a massive compliment to how big that fight is. But, you know, something you said really stuck out to me. You know, look, he's a cage fighter. He's a professional fighter. So anybody who expects him to be a role model and the perfect person... Yeah. Look, that's not what he's paid to do, okay? And, and I, I don't want to burst anybody's bubble. I think, you know, look, there should be a way you conduct yourself. And, and everybody knows me, knows, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm an honor, I'm an integrity guy. I'm about doing things classy. However, that's not necessarily what you can demand from all these professional fighters. Let's not pretend that. Where, where John goes wrong, it's a free country. You want to kill yourself and put stuff like that in your body and do it? Fine. But when you do it and you get behind the wheel of a car and yes. you put other people in danger, that's a massive, massive problem. And and I really wonder, I wonder, and this would be the biggest tell of John's character, you know, what does he feel like right now? Is he feeling remorse and guilt for what he did? Is he thinking about that woman who was pregnant in her arm? And what could have happened and how lucky he is he didn't kill anybody. And that what happened is something he can recover from, he can fix. And that there aren't going to be any long-term uh, problems from. Or is he feeling bad for himself? Yeah. Is he feeling like, man, an accident could have happened to anybody, you know, and and this is BS. You know, I shouldn't have got my title stripped. Is he feeling that way? You know, the John I knew, I've been around a, a, a John that would be remorseful. I'd be lying if I sat here because so many people, I, I saw it on Twitter today, so many people want me to just come out and hammer this guy. He's horrible. He's a terrible person. He's the worst ever. He's super fake. And this is exactly what should happen. And he should go to jail forever, right? That's what people want to hear. Um, however, I, I have seen another side. I'd be lying if I said I didn't. I, I've, I've, had dinners with him the nights before our fights where both of our camps and families were together. Yeah. I've been there. I've seen him around his mom. I've seen him around his daughters. You know? So I know, and we've had deep discussions, I know there's, there's a, a man that John wants to be. Yeah, but there's good the, in him. The, exactly. The obstacles and the things that come with being a wealthy champion like he is in this sport have just simply been too much for him. He has a really hard time telling himself no, even when he knows he shouldn't do it. If his body says yes, his brain usually follows suit, and that's his biggest problem.
1: Yeah, it's 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 like what you said. Basically, what you're saying is is he sorry for what he did, or is he sorry that he got caught? You know, um, yeah. Or that he that he had problems. You know, um. And yeah. that that's that's definitely an issue of character. And I mean. The john, the john jones i and i i haven't spent nearly as much time as you have with him i've seen him on different occasions we spent a night together hanging out in, in buffalo one time a bunch of us went out um and he he was just a really nice guy you know um very humble and we all knew who he was and what he was capable of and what he was going to do this was before he won the title you know but i, I was i was a fan at that point and 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 it's 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 so hard to watch somebody somebody do this but but at 27 years old he has plenty of time to turn this around to fix this he's still going to be capable of what he's what he is right now a year from now two years from now he's still in the prime of his life, you know, and just the way the the exact same way we don't really remember the way he handled the Matt Hamill loss, disqualification, the way we don't really remember him running down a mugger the day that he's fighting for the belt and wins it, you know, we can forget this just as much, or this can be that far in the rearview mirror that you know those those two things are 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 now that's the character that we know. You know, and and, and I—that's what I hope for him, man. That's that's what I want. Because, like I said, I'm a John Jones fan. I don't want to throw him under the bus, but I also I'm not going to deny what's happened. I can't I can't just disregard it as if, oh, John Jones is so great that he can screw up off the field, and I I'm gonna just pretend that it didn't happen just to see him fight again because that. I mean, I've been I've been there where he is not necessarily as a world champion or or whatnot, but I've been in the cage. I know what it takes to be there, and you can't, I can't, you can't disregard the rest of life and the rest of of decency and and putting people in, and other people in danger or harm's way to satisfy, you know, your impulses. You, I just can't, I can't condone that, and I'm, and I know that. He's the kind of person. Oh, I believe that he's the kind of person that if he if if someone holds the mirror up to him, say Arthur would have put the mirror in his face. I think he would want to be a better person, be the person that that we all saw when when he ran down the mugger.
0: Yeah, you know what I mean. Look, that that's something that that is so funny, and that's just uh, part of our society, right? Right. You are allowed to like somebody, and also call them a jerk or call them out when they do something wrong at the same time, right? I mean, you don't have to you don't have to hate John Jones to say that this was a massive mistake. Right. To say that hey, you could have killed somebody. You are very very lucky. You know, forget about the title being stripped. Forget that your fight was taken away from you or that you're suspended. Imagine living with the fact that you killed somebody because you ran a red light. And if or if not, we have no idea if any substances in his system, but, but imagine living with that, you know, because those are mistakes you can't recover from. That's where he's so lucky. What has happened now from the DWI or DUI, the, the cocaine, everything else that's happened in his life, he can recover from. There's still no barrier to John Jones becoming the man he wants to be and fixing this and, and putting his life back together. Whereas there are people who make mistakes, and we've seen it. There's been athletes, there's been... It happens every single day to normal people where they get in an accident and someone dies because of their mistake. And they may not have had any substances anymore, not that John did, we don't know, but that happens. They live with that forever. Forever. You know, and I've seen it... I, I mean, I see it in the military constantly. I, I served with men and women who have that on their conscience every day that that's part of being an officer in the military is decisions you make will cause it, are life and death and you've got to friggin live with that. John has been fortunate enough that that's not the case here yeah you know yeah and and, and that's that's my big thing I, I really hope you I don't care if he ever fights again it doesn't matter he's still in my mind the greatest mixed martial arts ever that we've seen in the UFC
1: yeah that I, doesn't
0: I, change anything. I just care. I know he's got... I, I've met his fiance. i I've met his children. Um, I've met who I think is the man John wants to be at times when we've been in deep discussions. Um, and and that's redemption to me for him. I just hope he gets to there. And, you know, what, what that is for him is that he can eliminate a lot of these mistakes in his life, specifically the ones that put other people in danger besides himself. It is important that I say... Um, Uh, You know, I I shouldn't promote this like, hey, me and John are still friends. The last encounter I had with John was actually in the post-fight show after he beat Daniel Cormier, and John was actually not pleased with me at all. (laughs) He had heard that I trained with Daniel Cormier before that fight. He was very upset about it and and basically made the statement like, our friendship is over, and he expected more of me in that. Now, what I mentioned to him was, look, John – I travel with Daniel pretty often when we do these Fox cards. I did two five-minute rounds with Daniel so that I could get a workout in when he was training with some guys at Arizona State's wrestling gym. The whole wrestling team was there. I was there. Cormier was there. Liam, the the 205-pound fighter champion from Bellator, was there. And I got two rounds in with Daniel Cormier. And that's what you're getting mad at me about, by the way. And I said, John, what is there that I can do to help Daniel Cormier – you and oh by the way you know I'm allowed to be friends with both of you so it it was just it was confusing but you know John was emotional at the time or he was just upset and I think because of the the bitter war of words those two got into I think it was one of those things where hey you're either on my team or you're on his team type of situation to John so I don't want to let this whole podcast go and come off like you know me and John are we we're, were very close. We were we were close to the time that we trained together. It was two to three years, I think, that, that we were both down in Jackson's. We fought on a couple of cards together, trained a bunch. Um, but since, and this is like since 2013, I have not seen him much at all. I've seen him in a few fights here or there, um, and everything was fine. The last time I saw him, obviously, it didn't go over very well.
1: You and him were cool until you went and threw the ball around with D.C.,
0: that's exactly right. Exactly right. We, we, we were cool until that happened, and so I would presume to that, that right now um, that, that he, he is he is still not a Brian Stan fan, which, you know, whatever. I'm not, I wasn't even mad at him about it. I, I get it sometimes, and I think that that just, you know, um, he wasn't being mature enough at the time to realize that, hey, look, pal, you can't dictate who everybody's friends with. Daniel Cormier is a heck of a guy. Yeah. You know, you may not like him, but but you know I've been friends with him for a long time and I've been working with him a long time and I really enjoy his company you know so yeah. um, he, he's he's my friend but anyways back back to what's more important uh, you know it, it's it is it's sad for the sport because man he a fight it hurts
1: we, it hurts we we lose a great fight too I mean yeah. we lose yeah. a great fight like I said you know we lose we lose the Jose Aldo. Conor McGregor at 205 with John Jones and, and and Anthony Johnson. I mean, look at what Anthony Johnson has done since he got back to the UFC. You know, he's done with punches and and he's done it in a violent fashion. He's done exactly what John has done in a, in a completely different fashion. John has done it with technique and 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 just creativity and AJ has done it with just being brutal and violent and Taking guys heads off and it's not like he's just beating up bums i mean he's be- the guy that pushed john jones the hardest just got the the snot beat out of him he just got ragdolled and, and he just got beat up like a child yeah, by the guy that john was about wrong. to challenge and i'm yeah. I'm, I'm so I was so looking forward to that fight in now, now because of it, you know we get and, and I'm, I, DC is like you said, DC is a great guy, and I was looking forward to the fight with DC the way, the way DC and John the way I'm looking forward to the Anthony Johnson. John, I was looking forward to the Anthony Johnson John Joseph. massive fight.
0: numbers. It would have done DC John did big pay per view numbers, and people some people thought that because the UFC stacked this card so much, two title fights, um. You know, plus, I mean, you got Joseph Benavides in that card, Cowboy versus Khabib Nurmagomedov. I mean, you got some great yeah. mixed martial arts fighters with big followings on that card. Most people thought this would do the best number of the year. Yeah. So you're talking most likely. I spoke to one of John's coaches today, and, you know, he said this is most likely a $5 million swing <laughs> for John missing this fight. And yeah. that's not counting the endorsements. Obviously, Reebok dropped off. I don't know who else dropped off, but the Reebok contract is gone yeah. now for yeah. John Jones.
1: And that's, 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 I mean, that's got to be hard to swallow. I mean, there's, there's, there is, there is, there is. Shipments of cocaine that's not worth that much. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? There's there's not enough, there's not there's not enough cocaine in the world to make me throw away or burn five million dollars.
0: No. And let me ask you this, Eve. How do you feel? So we saw the punishment come down. Obviously, I, I was surprised at how quick the UFC acted. I did not expect, I did think that there was a possibility they'd strip them the title. Then I started to think they weren't going to. And and I suspected they were gonna let the legal process go. Uh, play out a little bit more before making a decision. So I was surprised by the timing, but the other piece most of all that surprised me was the indefinite suspension. What are your thoughts on the in- – I mean, because that basically takes away his right to make a living at this point because he's only under contract with them and can't go elsewhere to fight. What are your thoughts on that? I, I, I kind
1: of get the feeling of a, of a three strikes rule, you know, um and and it's only escalated i mean the first dwi it was it was a dwi nobody got hurt it was his own vehicle hitting a tree you know the second thing was was the cocaine metabolites and now this is a this is another um dui possibly and i mean i guess they can't even tell because he fled the scene and had to turn himself in days later uh but it's but somebody was injured and and on top of somebody being injured it's a pregnant lady who could have possibly lost her child and 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 I'm assuming I'm sh- pretty sure but I'm just going to use an assumption right now and assume that it is a child that she wanted Whether and with that is even irrelevant but it's 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 the stakes are so high and I think the legal process is going to take a long time and I don't necessarily know if if Zufa wants the belt to be hanged up because of um because of litigation you know it's 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 hard to, to swallow but at the same time i i am not against the rulings i'm not against the, the stance the ufc has taken and and the actions there they've taken because the light heavyweight belt is on uh, it can't you can't put these type of things on hold because of an individual's selfishness or or, or improper decisions but at the same time, I feel like that also hurts the guys that are fighting for the belt now, you know, D.C. and, and Anthony Johnson. I mean, for Anthony Johnson to, to ha- win the belt and for people to, to think Anthony deserves this and he, he, he is the champion, he, he will have to do in his fashion what John Jones did to D.C., because if dc challenges him or beats him if dc and i am I'm, I'm rooting i don't know who i'm rooting for i've trained with anthony of course so I, i've got a little more i'm leaning a little more that way but if dc wins this fight then what does that say about about anthony johnson and then who's who's the champion i mean when you yeah. see what john did to dc you can't I, we know dc is that good we know dc is is one of the best guys in the world but we also saw the fight with him and John, and for John to have done that, I mean he will stand out as as uh, he's not d not going to stand out as the champion the way, the way John did. you know it's, yeah. the belt is not going to be way as heavy.
0: yeah, and you know the one thing I think when you look at the punishment too, and, and again, I'm not Lawrence Epstein, Dana White, or Lorenzo Fertitta, so I don't know why they made the decision they do, but um and and I, I didn't ask that but that was the one part that I was unsure of an indefinite no timeline associated taking away a man's right to to make a living oh that that's you know that was the one thing I looked at but I imagine they just wanted to do that to get some more time to think before and and it was more maybe about John hey get your stuff together you let us know when you're ready and when you know when we can can get this thing rolling again so I think that's why they put indefinite because I think it wasn't just them saying like hey you go sit in the corner till we tell you, you can play again yeah, yeah but i also wonder at least in terms of my opinion if you care about john if you're someone that does care about john and you want to see this pattern of misbehavior and bad decisions stopped you have to hit him where it hurts yes you've got to take away things that he cherishes you know and that is that title that is his ability to make millions of dollars you've got to try and hit him in the head hard enough, and in the heart hard enough, that it forces him to realize what he's doing is wrong, and hopefully then have him change um, and improve his pattern of behavior and decision making for his family's sake. But you know, I don't, I don't want to solely dedicate the rest of the podcast just to to John Jones, because man, while, while while you've been gone, you know, sitting on the beach in L.A. and <laughs> and being all romantic with your wife and lovey dovey <laughs> and retired life, man. We've had some some serious world collide, and, and look at what's taken place in Baltimore. You know, we've talked a lot about Ferguson. We've talked a lot about police officers. We've talked both sides of the fence, yeah, and perspectives from all sides of it. You know, Baltimore feels a little different to me than some of the other ones. But uh, what what were some of your initial reactions?
1: Whew. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> my first my first concern is how does a guy in police custody end up um i mean we, we we i saw the video of him being arrested dragged into the van. Police are saying that he was he was able- he was capable of stepping up into the van himself. I'm reading these articles and they're saying he wasn't strapped in at one point the van stopped um the paddy wagon stopped and uh, I don't know if I don't remember if they said they strapped him in or whatever, but they stopped for a bit and then he got to the station. Um, it's it's. I'm sorry, but you're in the custody of the police. You're in the custody of the pe. If. It, it. I don't care if he was a murderer. If somebody is a murderer and the police have him, the police aren't allowed to kill him. And I'm not saying the police killed him, but they. I, I, I'm not saying they didn't. I'm leaning towards they did, you know, and oh, and maybe maybe yes, not. Yeah, exactly. And it may it may not have been intentional, but you, there had there was some kind of abuse, or it's, it's it's so hard to swallow. It's so hard to comprehend, and it's 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 disgusting, man. It's um, I, I I've come up with my solution also. Remember, we've talked. Nah, I'll ta- I'll tell you about that later. It's it angers me so much, Brian. I mean. This guy is in police custody. He dies in police. He's, he dies in the custody and the, and the care of the people that are put or that have that are committed to protect and serve. This is yeah. this is an issue. This is
0: yeah. and, and
1: it, it can't keep escalating.
0: No. And, and you know, again, I mean, there are tens of thousands of police officers across this country And we've seen continue where they're, they're always going to be under a microscope. Yes. We, we rarely see any of the footage of them doing good. And I don't care what crime you committed. This is America. You have rights. And when you are in police custody, you should feel safe period. Um, And, and this man, certainly, even if you look at the entire rap sheet he had, uh, there's no reason that his, his, his spine should have been severed. I mean, people are, are hinting maybe there was pre-existing injuries I mean I just I can't imagine a man with pre-existing industry I- injuries that would eventually kill him happen. after running from the cops he was running Yeah, you know that it's it's interesting you know there's a lot of details that come out but th- yeah that there that's a problem um you know a week ago this this video surfaced of a police officer who was being pursued and the person was telling him shoot me shoot me over and over again and coming forward after the cop. The police officer actually was backing up with his pistol drawn, telling him no. The police officer fell, fell down. The person kept coming forward. The police officer calmly got back up, got back in a position to control the situation and continually told the person, no, I'm not shooting you. Not today, pal. This police officer was a former Marine and I believe Iraq war veteran. So obviously, you know, from my background, I was extremely proud because you do a lot of escalation of force training in the military to understand when to shoot, when not to shoot, when when to use your hands, when when to do certain things. And, and so obviously I was very proud of that, but things like that happen every day. They happen by the hundreds, sometimes the thousands. Things like this happen by the onesies and twosies and they get blasted all around the world. And, and it's tough, you know, and, and you've got to... There's got to be accountability uh, by way of these police forces. No doubt about it. At the same time, though, is that a reason to riot, to loot, to steal? I mean, when you saw that taking place in the news, was it a feeling to you of, hey, you know, as, as a black man and how you felt, do you feel like it could make you angry enough to then go and break the law and that any of that was justified?
1: No, not at all. I mean <laughs> I saw I've seen I've seen posts and different posts about it. Um but it's one of those things where <laughs> it's as simple as this. Two wrongs don't make a right. It's it's yeah. literally yeah. that simple. Well you know?
0: put. Yeah.
1: I'm, I'm sorry, what were you gonna say?
0: I said well put. I, yeah. I think you you nailed it. You know, and, and what I've seen too though is that there were great protests. There were you know, peaceful, well-thought-out protests that took place you know, specifically in the days leading up to the funeral and the days after. And really what we saw um, you know, this weekend and, and what has continued since then was really it sounds like a bunch of people who took advantage of the situation who said, wait a minute, since this is going on, this is going to give us an opportunity to take this thing further, throw throw cinder blocks and bricks and rocks at police officers injuring them, yeah. to to break open into stores and pull people out of them and steal stuff and beat up the shop owners. You know, and and obviously the leadership in Baltimore and what they did to give these people space at that time was crucial and fed into this, and it could have been maybe stopped before it got started a little bit worse. But, uh, you know, I've read some, some great studies and articles on the fact that Things like this have been brewing in inner city Baltimore for quite some time. Yeah. Um, but, but and it's sad.
1: Here's the thing, Brian. Here's the thing. It's, it's like you just said, you know, uh, and you said it. You know, you, you, the, the, the incident you pointed out with, with the cop, the former Marine, backing away from a guy, telling the cop to shoot him, you know, um, is a parallel to the peaceful protests that happened. You know what I mean? But controversy sells. You know, um, which is it's 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 the same thing, uh, every yep. day cops do good things, but then you know, and and and, and the guy, like the cop that you're talking about, the, the, the former marine, it's like he 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 did what a cop's supposed to do, but but like that sounds heroic that he didn't shoot the guy, but that's that's just what he's supposed to do, that's that's. You know what I mean, but um. And well, it's the same,
0: in this case, in this case, the guy was pursuing him. So the guy I was mean,
1: pursuing he, him, probably without. I mean, he wasn't pursuing him with a weapon. I mean, that guy decided no, that guy no, decided. No. You know what? He, My yep. life is not on the line, so he doesn't deserve to die. That's yep. that's that's he, what a cop's supposed absolutely. to do, right? So, yep. So when 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 these protesters are out there and they're protesting peacefully with their picket signs and their chants. You know, that's what protesters are supposed to do. Those, those two things, you don't really see them. You don't see them on the news. You can't turn on CNN and see people protesting peacefully. If you see people protesting peacefully, then you will see the cops in, in, in military formations with military equipment and, and, and looking like, like a Gestapo. That's, that's the only time you will see that. If, if, if people are protesting peacefully and there's nothing going on, there's not going to be a camera there. And that's the thing. Controversy sells, and 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 that's that's the. Pro- I think that's a big part of the problem. Um, when when the fact that these people are looting and, and rioting and it's all over television, it's 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 not because everybody that's upset by this freddie gray situation freddie gray situation is is angry and they're they're out there rioting and looting it's these people that will push to that point whether it be because they're they don't have common sense they are violent or they're opportunist but they yeah. don't represent the majority it's just like when you see a video on world star hip-hop of kids getting into a fight at school you know, and then some other school halfway across the country sees that on the Internet. And this, there's seven guys and seven kids in that school that are like, yeah, I, I want to be famous, too. I want to get on World Star Hip Hop. I'm going to go pick a fight with somebody. And they're just walking around the school looking for a fight. And there's twenty two hundred other kids in that school that are like, I don't want any part of that. But that yeah. seven, that group of seven represent people. People believe that represents. The, the 2700 or, or 2207 it, it doesn't and and that's that's the problem with with the fact that controversy sells you know um, you put that on the news and it's a, a, as news the news is that there are tons of protests going on and people are being people are protesting and, and they're they're speaking their mind and they're saying what they're what they're against but there is a group of people that are, uh, are going crazy and looting and destroying their own city and 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 it's 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 <laughs> the, the the news is a problem. I mean, anybody, I, we, you know what, Brian? We could have called this. We could have called this show, Brian and Eve Tell the News. And there's there's no yeah. prerequisite for the news. Anything could be the news. There's no there's no standard for news. And because there's no standard, they're trying to get ratings. And what what sells is controversy and 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 violence.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and and you know. It, and they'll they'll report all that unless it's during the White House correspondence dinner which uh, which on Saturday night when that was taking place a lot of this stuff was growing in Baltimore and uh, you know we had it, we had all the news was covering this stupid correspondence dinner and everybody talking about who they wanted to meet what celebrity they wanted to meet I mean it's, it's one of those situations just makes me sick like okay, you're all so much better than everybody else please enjoy your correspondence dinner and be completely ignorant to to some of the real problems that Washington, D.C. has kicked down the road for future. I mean, we, it's truly in this country, it's leadership by crisis. Nothing gets done until it absolutely blows up in our face and we have to do it. Immigration, ah, screw it, kick it down the can. Um, criminal justice reform, bah, who cares about that? We're incarcerating massive amounts of people, which is leading to some of these problems in our urban areas. Kick that down the road, too. Oh, uh, and, and, and let's see, what else? Oh, yeah, education reform. Yeah, our public schools and urban areas are terrible. Let's definitely not address that now. But the problem is, you know, in, 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 in some of these areas where these looters, what they did, I mean, part of the problem is that jobs have been on the decline in Baltimore for, for a couple decades now. The population has gone down. Crime has gone up. Unemployment's gone up. So they need jobs. They need more tax revenue to make the public schools better. All those things that they need are now 100 times harder to get because who wants to go start a business now in downtown Baltimore yep. after everything that these people just did? You had these very peaceful protesters that had a meaningful message that made sense, that, that tried to discuss the life of someone that shouldn't have been taken and tried to discuss some of the deeper issues in urban America and African-American communities that we do need to address and problems that exist. In police forces in those areas that we do need to address. And instead now you've got people coming in, injuring more police officers, which is never right, looting their, their, commu- their fellow uh, citizens in their community who own businesses there, and destroying and stealing property. It, it is really, really frustrating because that's the problem that only perpetuates more poverty, more anger, and, and more crime. And uh, it, it's sad, you know, but we, we've got problems like this. And again, it's leadership by crisis. What is going to get done in, 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 in Washington, D.C.? What's going to happen in some of these things that, that are deeper-seated issues? It's not just about race. It's not just about behavior. It's not just about parenting. You know, I mean, there, there's, there's school systems there's employment issues, there's, uh, there's demographics, there's a lot that goes with this, and it's like we talked when we kicked off the show. When, you, when I looked at my timeline during all this, people were all, it was all the news was either these communities, these African American communities are destroying themselves, it's all their fault, or the timeline was this is all caused because the police force is racist and killing unarmed black men. And, and that was all I saw in my timeline was these completely polarized points of view. And it's like, folks, when are you hundred percent correct in an argument? There is so much more that goes into solving this problem that, that we have to talk about. And both sides have some points that both sides need to be accountable for, nod their head and, and start to work out ways to find a compromise to fix these problems. It is not as simple as, as some of these sides. And that's what you see in the news. When you look at the news, you're going to change up on one channel. This is the problem. Police officers are the problem. Flip on the other channel. Nope, black people are the problem. They're the problem. And it's just like I want to throw – I literally want to throw the remote at the TV mm-hmm. or just kick it right through the screen. I can't watch that garbage.
1: So here's here's the solution. You want to hear, you want to hear my solution?
0: I, I love to hear it.
1: My solution is when a police officer – does something questionable? Whether it wh- don't don't let the police don't let the I, don't let IA or the police themselves do the invest uh, not necessarily do the investigation. What you you let them do their investigation, but you indict those officers and let them face a jury of their peers and the people that they are sworn to protect and serve. Because if the people say, "Look, we're not going to tolerate this." Then they say, "Oh, then we can't do that." But if they don't have, to, when you have, when you have power, power corrupts. Absolute power corrupts absolutely, and that's the bottom line. If you have nobody that you have to answer to, if you only have to answer to yourself, then who do you really have to answer to? Your own whims, you know. Um, I really, I really think that's that's the, the the solve for this problem. You let them face the consequences of their actions by the people that that are that are. That are affected by their actions, and I'm not just talking about the black community. I'm talking about their peers. I'm talking about, you know, a jury of your peers doesn't necessarily. Of course, we know, but just to clarify, a jury of your peers does not mean um, police officers, and a, and a jury of your peers or a jury of the people that that are the people that you're supposed to protect and serve. They'll I don't mean just. Black, yeah. I'm sorry.
0: That live in that community.
1: Yes, I don't just mean the people that live in that community. I mean the people that live in in and around that community, that work in and around that community, that are a part of that community, that also serve that community. Whether they be police officers, firemen, uh, uh, what do you call it, constituents, um, employees, employers... Those are the people that need to make the decisions on, are we going to tolerate this? Are we going to sit by and let this, let this slide? Is, is this something we're willing to accept? Because that's when you get an answer. That's, that's, I, I honestly think that's the only way. Not, not cameras on cops, not police investigate, internal investigations or Department of Justice getting involved. You indict these guys and you let a jury of their peers decide if they've done something wrong.
0: Well, I mean, I, I think there is some value to having chess cams on police officers, but you know, I, I also think that the the problem is bigger than that. I think the way you presented it is just in terms of, hey, um, cops shooting people that are unarmed, you know, and, yeah. and and so yes, you know, I I definitely understand where you're coming from there. The only problem is a jury has to be unbiased, and if it's just people from that community, you could run into a problem where it may it may be a little biased, but you know, in terms of holding people accountable is, I think the theme you're really getting at, they need to be held accountable immediately and not get impunity just because they're police officers. Um, the one thing I, definitely see a lot of attention and a lot of, a lot of negative light being cast, uh, towards police officers here. So I think one of the, one of the few positives coming out of this is going to be higher police accountability, Yeah, you know, and, and, at times it may even go too far in the other direction where it's, they're, they're held so accountable that it almost inhibits them to do their job. And I've felt that at times, you know, when I was in Iraq in a different scenario, but I think some of the problems in these high crime areas where we're seeing, uh, these types of shootings take place, you know, I, I just think there's more to solving the problem. You know, when, when we talked in earlier episodes about the racism that may exist between that police force and the community, um, the the differences in some of the reasons why people go out and loot and break into places, people that do things like what happened in Baltimore or burning police cars, they're people that have nothing to lose. Yeah, They're not people who are gainfully employed and providing for a family. They are generally people that have nothing to lose and, and don't see a bright future. And that, with when, when you look at that, you look at criminal justice reform, where we imprison a massive number of people in this country for nonviolent, small-level drug crimes. Once you do that, that person gets out of prison, they're screwed. You know, they have a problem for life. So I think that that there's there's a multi-layered solution to this and something we should definitely talk about, you know, in our next podcast, the next episode we do this week. So I just think, Eve, there, there's still a lot more that can be talked about in this topic, as, you know, especially as you dig deeper into not just the incidents themselves, but what's taking place in these communities uh, to, to, to cause such environments to evolve. And, you know, the, the policies and things that, I mean, some great minds have put a lot of thought to this and have put a lot of proposals out there. And, again, nothing's really getting done because, again, you know, we've got a, a, an administration, a Congress, and a Senate – it's all leadership by crisis right now, and nothing gets done until it's an absolute crisis and and it's sad it's sad for the people that live in these communities and, and and deal with some of these issues that we have here domestically
1: yeah i think I definitely think that's something we should talk about and 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 get I mean it sounds like we need new leadership, you know, so that's that's yeah, that's something I think we should get into and. You know, tr- maybe maybe we can inspire the next generation of leaders, yeah. man. You, you
0: know, because you know what solves everything is when people take personal accountability and they get, you know, they, they say, you know what, I'm sick of my current situation. I'm sick of my place in life and I'm prepared to do all the things to change it, you know, and, and yeah. do what's necessary. And uh, in, in many cases, I mean, I, that's been my motto throughout my life. I'm not going to wait for anybody to do something for me. I'm going to do it myself. Um, obviously easier said than done when you don't come from a really tough background with with no mentors with nobody to guide you in life and and that's not always you know uh, my situation is not always the case for a lot of of youth in America from from impoverished communities
1: yeah I agree so I I I definitely think um that's something we should touch on and that's a good place that that feels like a good place to shut it down, man. Um that'll give us something to think about and and come back with some fresh minds and, and, and possibly some solutions.
0: Yeah, yeah, and we'll you know, obviously we'll we'll keep abreast of the situation to see what else happens, man, and and everything else in the world of mixed martial arts. But man, it is good to have you back from California and uh, you know, get get back consistent and so again, anybody who listens that has questions for Eve or I Um, topics they'd like to hear our opinions on shoot them to us on twitter and we'd be happy to discuss them
1: every time appreciate it you have a great night brian
0: see you brother take it
1: easy all right